See, they just don't make them like they used to, which is why Carolina Classic Cars is your one-stop shop for everything classic. Check out our showroom just off Highway 64 near Asheboro or hop on our website at thecarolinaclassiccars.com. Carolina Classic Cars, let's go for a ride. Welcome to Crash Radio, sponsored by Carolina Classic Cars on WKXR 94.9 FM. Crash Radio is created by Rhino Leap Productions. Every episode focuses on local musicians, writers, and storytellers presented as a live event in Asheboro, North Carolina. The content is then edited for broadcast. This episode was recorded live in the tap room at Four Saints Brewing Company. Four Saints Brewing Company is committed to creating an inclusive and welcoming environment, a vibrant downtown Asheboro atmosphere, and a place where great people can experience great beer. Because of this, we were included in Southern Living's top 20 breweries in the South. And Four Saints Brewing Company invites you to come and share space with us and become part of the downtown Ashboro family. For information about our taproom events, check out our website at foursaintsbrewing.com. Four Saints Brewing Company, great beer for great people. Our first guest is Mark Dillon. Mark's earliest memory is of sitting on Dolly Parton's lap while watching his great uncle's country radio show. He grew up, went on to teach high school, got his PhD, and now lives in North Carolina, where he teaches at Guilford Tech and UNC Greensboro. My grandparents were country musicians uh, their entire lives, and one of the cool things that I have from their estate was they, in 1939, they were writing letters back and forth as they were engaged, getting married. So in all that, they had all their postcards, they were writing back and forth, and I write songs, I have a song series that's based on those postcards, and I had this one postcard that really did not have much interesting on it, and I was asking friends about, like, what do you write about? And they're like, well, clearly the, the stamp is upside down, and I was like, I have no idea what that means. But my wife very quickly pointed out that she had sent me several letters with the stamp upside down, which is an interest uh, a statement of I love you. I did not know that, which is probably why it took me about eight years longer than that to get married to her. So this is a song based on those postcards. Put a stamp on a postcard To show you that I love you I didn't have the words So this'll have to do And it's funny how there are things That I can't seem to say So I put an on a one cent George And send it on its way One cent George On a postcard A little secret we can share one St. George oh smiling upside down just to show you how much I care Sometimes I lie awake at night I think of all the things I write But when I put the pen The ink just bleeds away A better man would be a poet He'd know the word, but I don't know it I guess I'm just gonna have to show it When I see you someday One St. George 
on a postcard a little secret we can share one St. George oh smiling upside down just to show you how much I care One St. George on a postcard, a little secret we can share. One St. George, oh, smiling upside down, just to show you how much I care. I put a stamp on a postcard to show you that I love you. I didn't have the words, so this'll have to do. Our next guest, Phil Shore, was born a preacher's kid in Greensboro. Through church, he found out about music and working crowds. He went to college at Duke, then quit to go on the road with a children's theater. The season ran out, draft was on his tail, so he enlisted in the army. After the service, he married, had two kids, finished Duke, and took a job running the Randolph County Arts Guild. I was sent courtesy of the United States government to spend a little time in Southeast Asia. It was a strong event in my life, and it's taken a long time to try to curl it around into words. And this, what I will offer you, is, is a bit of that curling. And uh, if the hook needs to be applied, please apply the hook, okay? Uh, but uh, no, no, no offense taken. Otherwise, I'll just read. And these have never hit the human ear before. So wh whatever you get is what you're getting. So I had hoped to avoid the first person pronoun, but if I don't tell you what I was doing and where I was doing it, you'll be left dangling. My information is dated and obscure, reliant on my loosening memory that is housed in a personality dated and obscure. The era is the late 60s. The area is Southeast Asia, approached through Cameron Bay, Republic of Vietnam, after entering the in-country bureaucratic shuffle in Long Bend, I found myself assigned to the receiving room of the Personal Property Depot, the PPD, referred to by the top kick as the GD PPD, <laughs> an aspect of the USA MTY SGN. MTY is short for mortuary. SGN is short for Saigon. What the newbie thinks. This was so difficult to process, I peed my sheets the second night there. The PPD was just across the blacktop from the morgue proper, 50 steps from prefab to prefab within a fenced compound. We, the PPD, did not handle remains. The morticians did all of that. We were charged to receive A, 
Diddy bags with stuff removed from the corpses. B, money carried by the deceased. C, personal property of the deceased from his unit locker brought in later on. A, little bitty ditty bags. Might contain a wedding ring, snipped or watch, bloody, or a single miniature nudie playing card pierced by shrapnel. B, money was usually military scrip, MPC, an occasional greenback, and the local currency, piastres, or dong. C, personal property ranged from government-issued clothing, which still belonged to the government, to stereo equipment purchased by mail while in country, whatever he had. The funniest room at the personal property depot was the flexowriter room. This was a lockable enclosure dedicated to a single typewriter, a typewriter above all typewriters. Outside the room, four, five, or six men, all typewriting, sweltered in the general population. The flexorider room was air-conditioned, just like the officer's office. One man, unlike the rest of us, non-commissioned whatevers, wore his blouse tropical olive drab, sleeves unrolled, because it was too cold to sit in there all day in just a t-shirt olive drab. The Flexa Rider was a delicate machine that was fed a paper tape, a proto-computer that typed a perfect letter to the next of kins, stopping its process only to allow insertion of individual touches, names, and other specifics, although never a personal thought, just courteous military boilerplate concerning the return of stuff coordinated with the return of their boys stuffed in a transfer case. I spent two years in the environs of a war morgue and didn't have to see the remains. I just didn't have to go into that part of the compound. I spent two years engaged in studying casualty reports daily and personally knew only one man who died during that time. He took his own life. First, you remove a bunch of men from everything they know, place them in a womanless world, give them all guns, turn up the heat, put them under threat of death, and then expect them not to notice how miserable they are. Three types of casualty report codes. Crown, non-combat casualty. Punch, KIA. Missed, no remains recoverable. Surprisingly, somewhere deep in the military bureaucracy, a poet was given charge of designating mist. An example, GI with a cigar box of military scrip, everything paper, paper nickels, dimes, quarters, halves, occasional ones and fives, with pictures of Columbia, the gem of the ocean, Shirley Temple, jet planes, what have you. GI is to go into base camp where there is a PX to get sodas. When the deuce and a half GI is riding in, runs over a command detonated 500 pound bomb repurposed as a landmine, script becomes butterflies. GI becomes mist. Bomber crews don't realize, I always thought, that they've done anything harmful until they see their own children playing, receiving then, at last, a jolt of awareness. Snipers feel guilty the rest of their lives because they remember what they have done and write novel after novel or do good works through firearms training, justifying their sworn duty. 
Military morgue men simply remember the parade like flowing water of wasted life for which they must care. They themselves have harmed no one. They themselves care mostly for strangers. To remember does not stop anyone from smiling or laughing or death or taxes. It is a suit of gelatin to wear invisibly and never take off. If I have PTSD, it comes out in angry words, floods of them, to ears tired of hearing twelfth told tales. Blood in the ground, a waste product, is the picture I see in my mind when the anger surfaces. The blood seeks, sinks deeper in, subsiding until again aroused, then more seething waste, bad leadership, bad concept, no regard for history. All this with no visible scars. Thank you. And once again, Mark Dillon. I come from Rolling Prairie, Indiana, where you can have as many broken down cars in your yard as you want. I was raised in a family where we had several broken down cars that my dad was going to fix throughout his life. We also had a broken down bulldozer. And when my friends would talk about how um, interesting their childhood was, I would point out the fact that our bulldozer sat on cinder blocks. <laughs> so this is a song about classic cars and gradually getting them running. I got a 67 Cadillac, but it don't run. Sits outside out under the sun Oh, out in the shade of a big oak tree Just sitting there waiting for you and me Uh-huh, uh-huh, those were the days Uh-huh, uh-huh, those were the days It's got a big V8, it's got a four-bell car We used to take it out and we'd drive it hard Drive on the back roads late at night That was living, that was all right Uh-huh uh-huh, those were the days Uh-huh, uh-huh, those were the days Thank you for listening to Crash Radio here on WKXR 94.9 FM, sponsored by Carolina Classic Cars and produced by Rhino Leap Productions.